Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. This is your host, Christy Haberman, and Kai the Wonder Dog in Spirit. This is like the fifth or sixth time I've tried to do this podcast this morning. I'm not sure what's going on with my brain today, but we're going to try to get through this. So what I wanted to talk about today was dreams. The concept of both nightmares and, or in this case, having a nightmare. And I call it a nightmare because I don't want to have to deal with the feelings that it stirred up. And the feelings that it stirred up for me were feelings of abandonment. And I'm pretty sure that I can pinpoint where those concerns come from. Because I don't know if you know, but the content of your nightmares a lot of times come from the stress of the day. Well, my sister recently got diagnosed with lymphoma, which is the same cancer that Christopher died from, except for Christopher died from Hodgkin's lymphoma. We don't know if my sister has that cancer yet or not. We just know it's some form of lymphoma. And there's the real reality of the fact that my family is slowly disintegrating and I will be alone or abandoned. And that came through in my nightmare last night. The other thing that was interesting about the nightmare is where it occurred. So the location of the nightmare was a previous place that I used to work, actually where I rescued Kai the Wonder Dog from. And Kai the Wonder Dog was there also and she was her happy puppy little self but then at the end of the dream she was gone too there are several things that i found out like i did not know that there was areas of our brain that are still awake when we're sleeping one of them is the thalamus so the thalamus is the part of the brain that is the relay station for all of your senses and all of your movement. Every time you move your arm, every time you feel something is going through the thalamus. And then it goes to the medial prefrontal cortex and then the posterior cortex. So this part of your brain stays active. So then there's REM sleep and it's during REM sleep that you start dreaming. And I've always known that when you're dreaming, you're working out the stress of the day, um, past traumas, you know, significant events from the day, the stress. But it had been so long since I had a dream, a nightmare really, about someone dying. I guess I had this misperception that it was over for me and that I, I was never going to have those dreams again. Well, I was wrong. I did have them again. And so what I discovered in my research is that there's three types of dreams, which is kind of a bummer for me because I do have post-traumatic stress disorder, I believe, from Christopher dying. No one will convince me any different. Is when your child dies and they die before you and it's unexpected, 
you are 100% going to have PTSD. And even though the DSM doesn't really capture that, the effects are the same. It doesn't matter what the label is. The effects are the same. So this idiopathic dreaming, I did not know about. So idiopathic dreaming starts when you are a kid and you dream about monsters, bad people, and it starts in childhood, kind of peaks when you're between nine and 13 and can continue on. So I've always had these idiopathic dreams and I still do, except I use my dreams as a way to understand myself, understand what's going on in my life and to help me go forward. So then there's the reoccurrent dreams. And for me, when I look at all these three different types, I know that one dream can be all three of those things. So when I look at my dream last night, I have a lot of childhood trauma surrounding abandonment with my sister getting diagnosed with cancer and Christopher going so fast. I don't know that we've talked about this so much, but the end of April till June 19th was the only period of time that we had for Christopher before he died. So we found out he had cancer in April. Of course, he had the, he had symptoms long before that, but he died in, Ju in June. So when my sister told me that news, I just kind of panicked. And I don't think it's as real for her or she's just in a state of denial. She's like, ah, oh, no big deal. Kind of like, kind of like Christopher did. And she started to isolate kind of like Christopher did. So this is really triggering this PTSD effect for me. But then I also have idiopathic dreams, right? I dream about a lot of different things. And I have reincurrent nightmares about losing my kids. And the nightmares are vivid. Probably up until six or seven, they died in every imaginable way. Like I, one night, and I this one was a vivid one. I remember them like burning up inside of a a furnace or drowning or getting hit by a car like every imaginable scenario goes through your head of how they died so that's a reoccurring PTSD, PTSD dream but last night Kai the Wonder Dog was in my dream and she was there and she was a happy little happy little go lucky little puppy showed up in what I would call a nightmare and we have talked on this podcast oftentimes about how Kai was my support for me when Christopher died. She'd get up with me in the middle of the night. She would comfort me when I was crying. There was a lot of times that I felt like Kai was my only friend. And so I don't know if it was symbolic that Kai was there and telling me that I wasn't alone if my sister dies. I don't know. Anyway, it is made for a tough morning. So I'm wondering how many of you have nightmares? In, in my research, I'm going along and they talk about, you know, anxiety, stress, you know, mental illness and bereavement. But there's so little out there about bereavement dreams. So then the, I click on this link and I wanted to share it with you guys. It's um, a community called Grief Dreams, where people meet and talk about the dreams they have of their deceased loved ones. It doesn't address nightmares particularly, but it does address dreaming and all the different types. Like they talked about supportive dreams, 
They talked about visitation dreams. I didn't see anything on nightmares. And so for me, my struggle is the nightmares. I can tell a visitation dream because Christopher's there. He feels very real. But the nightmares, the nightmares I struggle with a lot more. And last night was a nightmare dream. So what I try to do when I have the nightmares. So I wake up the next morning and I have the dream residue. And it's still really forth, forefront in my brain. It's like right in the right in my forehead. So your amygdala is in the back of your neck, right at the base of your brain. That's where your fear response comes from. So I still have a little bit of fear going on because my heart's been racing all morning and just the struggle with it with this nightmare that i had last night so what can we do about it when we have nightmares and i thought this was kind of interesting so they talked about role rehearsal and so that's where you actually go into your dreams and you change the outcome and i was thinking about that and i was like how am i going to change the outcome with my son dying I suppose that if I think about the traumas that existed because he, so the thing is he died. That's what bothers me. It's not that I didn't get to say goodbye. Yeah, that bothers me. Is it, you know, he cut off contact um, with his family because he was, he had cancer. Is that a piece of it? Well, yes, that is. But I feel like I resolved that a little bit. And so, now I'm left with this whole wondering, it's him dying. How am I going to, you know, go into the dream and reenact that? I'm not. And so some of the conventional wisdom out there about how to cope with these nightmares, I don't know that it applies for grief nightmares, what's hard to cope with. So how do we know? So in my particular case, how do I know that it was a nightmare and not a dream last night. So for me, the fact that it was very emotionally upsetting for me makes it a nightmare. And that in my dream, everyone had abandoned me and I was alone. Now I've been alone most of my life because I was estranged from my mother, her choice, not my choice. And I've always been left out on holidays. And when she died, the hope of being included back in the family died also. So I'm not clear why during this particular dream, I felt like I was being abandoned again. Because I've always been alone, but I did. But then I also had a conversation with someone this week about the pain of being left alone feeling like you're the only one left in the world and that can happen sometimes when people lose a child it's that maybe they didn't have a spouse and their parents were already had died or they were estranged and their child dies and they're they're literally alone i don't think that the feeling of abandonment is unusual because death itself is an abandonment even with the belief of an afterlife and i'm a strong believer in that Christopher can be accessed through my memories, um, also through my dreams. But I also had, if you guys remember the podcast episode about mediumship, and when I said that the medium told me that Christopher asked me to not contact him so much or not rely on him so much, I remember how that devastated me so much. But I still know that I can contact, contact him 
when I'm feeling down or when I feel like I'm missing someone. But at the same time, it does make me second guess it. I will tell you that. So I still feel that connection to him through the through the afterlife, but this time it's just not providing any comfort. So in my little browse around the internet, I came across, and there's a lot of information out there, you guys, that is just not accurate. It's not accurate at all. I read some information about trauma, and it says, well, when you have PTSD, you'll have nightmares, and then after a few months, those nightmares will resolve, or the trauma will resolve. 100% not true. So when you see that kind of information out there, you have to be discerning. And what discernment means is, does this fit into my life experiences? Does this fit with what other people say? And there'll be a sameness in the information. So if you find something that's so glaringly not matching what other people say, it's probably not true. But then you'll find something that just hits you in the heart and you'll be like, oh, yes, that is true for me. So I found this article called The Psychology of Nightmares. And it's quite a long, long article. It's also a YouTube video. But in this article, I found some answers that kind of fit with me. So I know I'm having a nightmare because of the quantity and the quality of the dream. This dream was so vivid. The emotions were right on the top of the surface. And they're painful. For, so for me, that's a nightmare. Here lately, um, I would say the last time, since I started the podcast, I haven't really had a nightmare, I don't think, about one of my children dying. Now, when we have accidents in our local area, I still get that death anxiety, but we'll talk about that on another episode. But I really haven't had a nightmare. And it says they, in the nightmares, arouse negative feelings. So the negative feelings I was having was abandonment fear. I was so fearful. Right now, um, the reservations are not a place you want to be at night. I had, if we just go on the facts of the dream, I had no car. I had come with those people. I had no place to stay, carrying my bags. I know that I need to find a place to be safe for the night, and I'm not. And if you're familiar with South Dakota, we have a lot of open prairie, so it's not like you can go in the woods or you can go to someone's house. It's just it's just not like that. So in my dream, I'm having all, all of these and embarrassed, right? Embarrassed at being left behind. Why wouldn't they take me with them? You know, and if you think about what's happening with my sister and what's going on with going on with that situation, my family's all moving to the spirit world and I am staying here. So again, they will all be together and I will not be with them, which again is abandonment. And so that's kind of, and even when I say that, I get these feelings and I want to tear up. So I know I'm getting to the emotional material of this. And so this is why it's so important to sit down when you have these events and really take a deep look at them. Because the work I'm doing now in this moment with you guys on this podcast will help me when I go to sleep tonight to not have another nightmare. So I think what happens is people, they have these nightmares and then they wake up the, the next morning and they're like, oh, I can't think about it. I'm not gonna think about it. I don't want to think about that nightmare. It was just so, 
it was just so painful like please you know i don't want to dream about it and i have found that it's the opposite for me that if i go into the dream and in this case the nightmare and i really analyze the nightmare and get to the meat of it it will help me resolve it so now that i understand that there's a connection between my sister possibly dying from cancer it's just so much more real for me because christopher died of cancer it's not an automatic death sentence but for those of that have lost loved ones to cancer that's where mine goes it's the fact that i lost kai and i'm having another traumatic event i did get a new puppy riley but riley and i just don't have that same connection that kai and i did and I don't know if it's the time of life that Kai came into my life at. I got her in the summer. I was working nine months of the year, so I got to spend three months with her. She went with me everywhere, so maybe dad had something to do with it. I'm not exactly sure. Or Kai was symbolically telling me that she was still going to be there, even though she isn't physically here. Now that I'm hearing myself tear up, I'm realizing, yeah, so the nightmare was definitely about the fact that through death, I'm being abandoned again. And it's bringing up all those childhood memories of being abandoned again. How do we cope with it? Well, we're coping with it right now. Talking to you guys about this, it's helping me cope with it. Helping me to understand that who I am at the core, the issues that came with me, when I developed as a person, as I developed as a human being, they continue to impact you throughout your life. And this is just another example of how it impacts you throughout your life. It's one of the reasons why on this podcast that I tell so many people that you need to go into yourself, you need to go into yourself and you need to understand who you are. Because when you understand who you are, what your issues are, how to soothe yourself, how to cope, that your grief will become more manageable because all of that is stuck up in there in a great big mess and as you can see as i'm working this out with you guys through this research that i did so this one article had a sentence in there that i think is like so so important and i think it applies to grief too is when you focus on the pathology what the pathology means is what's wrong when you focus on pathology Rather than the symbolic meaning of a nightmare, a valuable opportunity is lost. So pathology just means what's wrong. In this example with, the, with your nightmares, if you go in and say, I shouldn't have this nightmare, I shouldn't be having this nightmare, what's wrong with me that I'm having this nightmare? What's wrong with me because of I'm grieving so hard, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me, you're miss, kind of missing the point. So your focus needs to be understanding the symbolic meaning of the nightmare. And that's kind of what we're doing here is, if you go back in the podcast, is we're talking about the symbolism there. What's the symbol of, of Kai? What's the symbol of the reservation? Oh, if you guys didn't know, I lived on the reservation by myself. So I was very much alone there. I had several experiences. My car broke down. Didn't know how to change a flat tire. Yeah, I'm one of those girls. Didn't know how to change a flat tire. There was no one to help me fix my flat tire. And at the time, my husband was a little resistant to coming three hours to help me just fix a flat tire. And you can't just call a tow truck to help you fix a flat tire. Those things just don't happen. So I was alone when I was down there by myself 
trying to learn how to function and survive on my own. All of that dream is very, very symbolic. And it was all triggered by one, my sister, in the conversation that I had with someone that is alone in the world. Our nightmares, also in this same article, and I think it's very true, is that our nightmares also highlight what we call the shadow side of ourselves. So the shadow side of ourselves is all of the content and meanings and thoughts that we don't want to look at. All the things that we find not good about ourselves. That's where our anxiety hides. That's where our depression hides. Maybe you got a, some meanness and yeah, some narcissism. That's all in our shadow sides. So our nightmares can highlight our shadow sides and highlight where we need to work. What do you need to work on? You know, and for me, when I violate what I consider my own personal ethics and morals, sometimes they show up in nightmares. And it's kind of my brain's way of saying, hey, pay attention to this. You need to change this behavior. You need to change this. You need to change that. And also, like this dream did for me last night, is we're forced to acknowledge our unconscious conflicts. So it's been a week since my sister told me about her lymphoma diagnosis by a non-oncologist, by the way. So maybe just finding cells doesn't mean that she actually has it. I don't know. But he told her she had lymphoma. And maybe I just never faced that until this moment on this podcast with you guys. And it's one of the reasons why I enjoy doing the podcast is because talking to you all helps me work some of this stuff out and i'm hoping as you guys listen to the podcast it causes you to have some thoughts for yourselves about things that are going in your lives so that we can all learn from this together and i think maybe my dream was telling me that hey i need to spend some more time with my sister i was going to make some decisions regarding employment that would make me less accessible to my sister. And I think it was a sign that, hey, if you do that, you're recreating what happened with Christopher. And you don't want to do that because that caused me so much stress. And like redoing, like if I were to redo in my dreams, like they talk about how to cope. So you do like this rehearsing or basically trying to change the past. One of the things I really struggled with with Christopher is that I moved away. He was 18 years old. He wanted to stay in Louisiana. I wanted to be back by family, so I went to South Dakota and I left him. That has been a major factor in my not being able to heal from my from my grief, was feeling like I abandoned him. And again, okay, so now we're back to this the theme of abandonment. So I'm hoping as I work through this with you guys on the podcast, you can kind of understand and see the value of understanding your dreams, even the nightmares. So our nightmares have a purpose. The purpose is they're trying to work out. In trauma, there is this idea, well, even in counseling, this is the idea that I live with, is that the past is present and the present is past. There's no separation for me between that and this. So when I say that I had parental abandonment, it is not I'm blaming my parents. It is, this is a fact. This fact affects this present. It's nothing to do with blame. It has to do with this is impacting my present. This was impacting my past. The present is past and the past is present. 
So it's important for you when you're doing these things to know that. And then understand that your brain does what it does. And you're just along for the ride. So when you wake up in the morning, cope with your emotions. If you want to do the dream rehearsals, which is before you go to sleep, rehearse the outcome that you want. You can do that also if it's doable, but also try to understand the symbolic meaning of the nightmares of what's going on to help you highlight what you need to work on when you're awake. Because if you work on it when you're awake, when you sleep, it will be less likely to happen again. But if it happens again, that means that there's something there that you need to take a look at. So thank you for listening. This is Christy Haverman talking about dreams and nightmares and grief. If you have any questions, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, Grieving Insomniac. 